BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm thinking an entity. I don't know what. Could be a skinwalker. Could be a spirit. It could be. I don't know. But something was following us home, was getting in the vehicle with us and coming home. Ding, light on. We've got, we've brought this spirit back from Duchesne. And it's in the closet and it is driving my dog nuts. All of a sudden, I'm hearing something. Like, cause I've always been a light sleeper. I'm hearing somebody walk around. I thought maybe they had to go to the bathroom or something, the girls. I turned to look and Cindy's doll is standing at her bed with her head cocked down, looking straight at Cindy's face. And so the doll had walked around our sleeping bags and stood right over Cindy, staring at Cindy's face. And they put him on hold. Another guy picked up the phone and they told my dad, you don't speak about this. You don't tell anyone about this. You have to understand that this is extremely important and it's extremely dangerous if you were to mention this to anybody. of Supernatural Station. I'm your host, Roman Daniels, and joined with me is my brother and co-host. What's up, guys? I'm not the host with the most, but I'm here. How you feeling? Pretty good. What do we have going on right now? I'm pretty excited. We got some good stuff going today. We got some awesome guests, and they're really close to us, uh, I would say. Who are our guests, Rome? We got our, our mom, Dixie. Hello. <laughs> we got our grandma, Joy. Hello. They got some crazy experiences, so we, you know, over the years, I think part of the reason that we have been inspired to kind of talk about this stuff is because we heard their experiences and then we had our own experiences and we just thought that it would be amazing to have them on and tell their crazy, crazy stories because they got some pretty good ones. Three generations, you know, the bloodline is, uh, it's deep right here. It's deep with tons of stories because all of us have had something crazy happen to us and it just keeps getting deeper. So I'm wondering what, uh, my nephew's going to endure one day in life, you know, with all the stuff we go through. But 
I'm excited about it, and uh, we've heard a lot of these stories, but I think they're really cool, so it's going to be cool for you guys to, the audience to hear. The audience is going to win, basically, with this. All right, uh, the first host that I think we should talk to about her experiences is my grandma, Joy. She's a, a, a beautiful, awesome lady, and she's got such amazing stories. Like, I, she, she's had so many weird things happen, which is kind of funny. It's like, this one's going to be funny for you guys because a lot of people have experiences their whole life and other some people don't have experiences their whole life but something changes something shifts you know and i think we live in utah and so a lot of this has to do with like the skinwalker ranch area duchene you know and so there's a lot of crazy stories there so i'm gonna let you take it away grandma i mean you can talk about anything you want but um just i just kind of want to premise it so if you have or preface it rather but you probably have a few stories you want to start with what do you think uh okay what i think is my first one because they all kind of run together. Uh, Roman, mm-hmm. do you remember when we were up in Duchesne mm-hmm. and it was night and the fire was going and mm-hmm. we had uh, the little dog, uh, Tao Ying, and uh, she was on a tether. And we were all just kind of conversing and having a good time. And all of a sudden she hit the end of that chain and she barked and barked and barked. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Bark, yeah. yeah. And I said, Roman, take a picture out there, because it was nothing but black. Take a picture. Let me see what in the heck she is barking at, if and you grandma, can. That, wasn't that looking towards, like I guess, where the outhouse would be? So it's looking yes. towards the... So just to preface this, too, you guys, there was a cliff on the other side, and it's a big mesa. Like, if you guys have ever seen Skinwalker Ranch, this is what that... What that looks like is that big mesa. We literally had a cliff like that, and then we were we had our camp up above it. And then going past, like where that where that thing Taoying was looking at, was literally just forest, like juniper trees and craziness, right? Yeah, and just pitch black. You wouldn't be able it to see it. It was just day. yeah, pinion pine and uh, cedar. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, she uh, was barking, so Roman took a picture out there, and we said let's look, see what this is. And and she was still going crazy. And Roman looked on his uh, phone and the picture, and there was all these huge and then smaller orbs just hanging out out there. And Tao was having a coronary. She was just going nuts. Yeah. And we couldn't figure out what in the world all this was. I know. I wish I could find that picture because... There were so many orbs. There was like it was 40 huge. of them, like yeah. so many of them. And, and it wasn't just dust. It wasn't, I had a clean camera, you know, and stuff. Right. It was like, and you could look, like you could almost see like the, the coloration in some of them. Like there's yes. like a little bit of blueness and stuff in some of them. And it almost looks like there's faces. Remember we were looking at it and you could almost like see faces inside those orbs. And they were perfectly round. Perfectly round, yeah. Well, what yeah. I'll say is like um, with orbs, because a lot of people doubt that orbs are something. Um, especially in the supernatural realms. Well, actually, not so much in the supernatural realm, but just other people, right? They're like, oh, that's dust, like what my brother was just saying. But if you look at what the actual orb is, like up close, it really is like, it almost looks like a pearl. Like, you know, there's that pearlescent color in it. Yeah. Dust doesn't do that. Like, dust is literally just a piece of, it's just like a a faded little kind of brownish colored whatever in the middle of this picture. And so I think that's kind of something to just keep in mind. And you know what makes me think about is like the Haunted Mansion when they had like the green ghosts like dancing around that big courtyard. It's like, I almost wonder if there was like just literally like, we just can't see with our naked eye and all these ghosts right there just doing whatever. Yeah, we couldn't see it at all. Like floating in the sky. And yet here is this little dog. She's a little shih tzu. And she was just having a coronary. Mm -hmm. We couldn't figure this out. 
Well, later on, when we got home, it was like towards uh, tax time. And I'm like, okay. Pretty much this time of the year then. Yeah, Yeah, because that was summer, but it was later. So it it took a while. But I'm I'm looking for all of these tax uh, information, uh, which was on my, you know how you... You write a check, and then on the it was like a what? Am I trying to say? Oh, is it like one of the papers that? Yeah, yeah. It's the graphite paper that yes. has copies mm-hmm. on it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was all these co- all these copies, mm-hmm. and I that's how I kept track of all of my like doctors and all this stuff. And so I was looking all this up. So I uh, I got all of these out, and there was six months of that missing. I'm like, I keep all of that together, but six months was missing. And I, I could not, for the life of me, find them. And to this day, I have never found them. I'm like, okay, there's something strange going on. So that was the first thing. And so then I was, at that time, I drank coffee. And so the kitchen was you know, around, that you'd go through the hall and down and into um, the uh, other room where we had a, the TV. And so I was, you know, I'd go out and get my coffee and I'd go back in and sit down at my desk and watch TV. Well, I was out of coffee, so I went back around and into the kitchen. And as I walked in, I saw this was almost a... Uh, saucepan size puddle so I cleaned that puddle up and I did get a larger saucepan set it down right where that puddle was and I got my coffee and I went back in and I sat there and drank my coffee came back out (laughs) strangest thing the saucepan was completely dry but there were dollar-sized drops all around the outside of that saucepan. That's creepy. Like just circling around it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's creepy. Weird. And I went, this is nuts. Totally nuts. There's something going on that is not good. But I didn't, I, I left it. I thought, this is, okay, strange, pretty strange. So did you did you have any like bad did you have bad feelings like you were thinking it was some well, yeah, evil thing like, trying to mess with you at that No, point? I didn't think of that. I okay. just thought it's strange. So we went back up to Duchesne and uh when we got there there was this huge fly inside this locked up trailer. Now doesn't flies die after a certain amount of time? Oh, yeah, yeah they, they, they don't live for like three days yeah, or something. Believe Two it or days. not, even though there's millions always swarming your hot dog and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, they, they're good at that. But yeah, they die after about three days. This thing was huge. It was like, it was, yeah, it was bigger than a horse fly. Oh my. Wow. Oh yeah. But it looked like a house fly, just like a normal. It was like a house yeah. fly. Wow. But it was huge. Wow. And it was inside this trailer that had been locked up for two weeks. Hmm. Now figure that one out. I feel bad for the Native American that's like a shapeshifter that's supposed to be like shapeshifting into a coyote or a wolf. And he keeps shapeshifting <laughs> in that big fly. He's <laughs> tough. But you have to think about it, though, seriously. So if that the trailer was locked up, and let's just say, hypothetically, that fly-born 
because there was an egg in there somewhere. But what would he eat to get him so big in that two weeks? All the food was Everything was clean when you left. Right. So there would have been no nutrients for it to get that big. So that's really weird. Well, I think, like, the fact that you are remembering this, like, means that there's, uh, there was something strange to it. Like, you know, like, I think we only remember these things when there's, when it's, like, an impact on us, you know? And, like, that's the reason you remember it, because it was weird. It was really, really strange. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got a fly swatter. Oh. I figured I was going <laughs> to, sh- I was going to kill that thing, man. And it flew. Now, I haven't opened any windows. It flew to the window, and then it was between the, f- the window and the screen, and I'm like, no, no, that's not good. This is strange. And your window was not open, so no. it couldn't have done that. Oh, oh wow. It went between the glass and into between the, the glass and the, and the screen. And I'm like, well, how in the heck am I going to kill it if it's... And then it just went right out the screen, through the screen, which was way too small for it to go through, through the screen wow. and just flew away. And I'm like... Yeah, that does remind me of a skinwalker. Hmm. That's pretty strange now. I'm not having a good time here. Yeah. That, that reminds me of, like, the, the wolf thing that the Sherman saw on the skinwalker ranch and how yeah. it, like, defied all physicality, you know? That reminds me of, is it yeah. just moved through this plane in a different way than, man, a huge, big old fly? Like, that's weird. That, that is it weird. made it through that Is that screen. the trip that when you took your... You didn't take your CDs home with? I don't remember exactly how <laughs> yeah, it works. I remember too. Yeah. Well, I always, when I was up there, we had a CD player that played five discs. And um, before I went home... Shout I, out CD players real quick. I always, <laughs> I always went, yeah, I always went through all of those, all five, to make sure that I had all of the discs put back into the case and then took him home. Well, I got back up there the next time, two weeks later, and uh, went to find my discs. Now, these were Native American music, because I always loved to, you know, play that up there. I couldn't find them. They were not in the case. Then I looked into my player, and they were all empty, all five. And so my husband and I, we went through every one of those... uh, spaces for discs to see if I'd put in, you know, like them in to two into one. Yeah, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's behind yeah. another disc. You know how you do that sometimes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing. We could not find them. And I went, oh, that's strange. And it was only the Native American ones. Yeah, yes. Why did it wow. out only those? There was, and there was only three, not five, just three. And I went, okay, well... All right, so I kind of forgot that until Christmas. And at Christmas time, I always listen to CDs at home. And I'm like, this, I want to I want to listen to all of these, but at home, I only had a three-disc player. And so I I opened it up to see if, well, to play my, my discs. Yeah, yeah. And when I opened it up, there it was, all three Native American. Oh, right on the top. Wow. Right in it, right in right her, there, right in her players. It was a three player. disc changer. But wow. you don't play the Native music at home. No, no it's always either. at Duchesne. Yeah. And those I discs had already were ordered more of those Native American discs. So now I have two 
of each of those. Wow, that's so crazy. It now, could be a skinwalker thing because they definitely do the things to make you crazy. Like it's a, it's the whole play mind games with you and it's like right close to reality to yeah. where it seems like it could be something else. And so you're like, you're kind of just second guessing yourself instead well, of like thinking it's something else sometimes. And I remember too, just, I don't know if you, I mean, I'm sure you remember this, but when you came back from the trip and you had lost your CDs, I remember you telling me something else. Something followed you back. You said that something was messing around in your laundry room. I remember that too. You kind of felt like something came back with you. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking an entity. I don't know what. Could be a skinwalker. Could be a spirit. It could be. I don't know. But something was following us home, was getting in the vehicle with us and coming home. And, uh, and they brought your Native American discs with yeah, them and put it in your them in my home disc player. Which also reminds me of Weird. the, you know, the tax things that I couldn't find. And I don't know where the heck they were, but that entity must have taken those six months worth and destroyed or threw them in the garbage. I don't know what happened to them because I, I never found them after that ever. And what did they do when, what were they doing in your laundry room? <laughs> well, I'd go downstairs and start laundry and uh, you know how you start the laundry and usually you have an unbalanced and it will stop. Well, I didn't have an unbalanced that I remember and so I went downstairs to put them in the dryer, and the lid, the washing machine lid was up. The water was still in there, and the clothes were just hanging out. Weird. It was literally like opening the door to the washer. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so it, they were just in there, and the washer hadn't actually started? Well, it started. It, it and filled it's, up with water, and then yeah, it stopped. It sto- no, it started, because it was starting as I went upstairs. And I never heard it, you know, become unbalanced. Or anything, and usually it doesn't flip the lid up. Right. <laughs> unless it's really unbalanced, <laughs> which is, you know, me, but. Uh, <laughs> but at any rate, yeah, so. Yeah, that's weird. This silly thing was, you know, just flipping up my laundry and just making me nuts. So it was playing like little mischievous jokes yeah, on Yeah, just yeah. a little nutty thing. But wasn't know? there some, like to ramp it up even more, wasn't there something else? Because I swear I saw this on your uh, on our conversation notes or whatever we were talking about before, but how you said there was like an audible voice or something that said something to you? Uh, no, that's uh, kind of a different situation but okay. it, you know, there has that's happened to me. No, the other thing that happened was Tao Ying, my little Shih Tzu, died. And I rescued another little uh, Shih Tzu, Tinkerbell. We came back from Duchesne again, and uh, the closet right there in the hall, right by the bedroom, she was just in the middle of the night barking up a storm. She oh, that's would creepy. bark and bark and I hate bark. Closets. Yes, sitting there barking at this closet door. <clears throat> and I'm like, what in the heck? We'd be sound asleep and this dog is barking. Um, my husband was getting really angry at the dog and throwing papers at her, trying to get her to shut up so he could get some sleep. So I opened the door and there was nothing there. So we got lights, and we put lights inside and left the door open a little bit to see if that would calm this dog down. Well, it only made it worse. She got so 
upset. She barked and barked and barked and barked. I thought, what in the world is going on? And this, it had been a while, you know, since I'd had any of these things happen. And this went on for a couple of weeks. Finally, ding, light on. We've got, we've brought this spirit back from Duchesne. And it's in the closet, and it is driving my dog nuts. That's sick. Yeah. I'm scared from that. That was scary. Yeah, dogs have a sixth sense, definitely. You guys all know this. I'm sure you've, you know, they definitely have, like, a superpower, it seems like. They they can see the veil or something. Yeah. Dog, dogs, are, dogs are, like, a blessing when it comes to these situations because they, they will alert you of stuff you can't even see, you know? That's true. Like... I, w- I want to have a dog for camping because if, if a bear's coming close, it's going to, um, if, if a Bigfoot is in the area, it's going to be going crazy too, you know, or, or a skinwalker, you know, spirit. Uh, yeah, a so spirit. it's really cool the the way that dogs can see stuff we can't see and they alert us because we're their, you know, their family, their masters, and, and that's really cool. But what a creepy, oh man, I hate, I hate closets. That really bothers me. <laughs> I, I don't like, I, I gotta have my closet door shut all the time. Yeah. Closet monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, ours was closed. I mean, until I finally went, well, maybe I need a light in there so she can see there's nothing in there. But it made it worse, like you said. Made it worse. She just kept barking. Because she could see better. I finally took mom's advice. And I walked through the house saying, this spirit needs to get out of my house in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It was gone. Yeah, that's what always happens too. This is story after story. So that's why that's, that's why I'm really excited to get into mom's stories at some point because she yeah. she has this unique. The way you described it to me one time was you you think of yourself getting bigger and bigger and bigger and like right? Didn't you tell me that one time you just get as bigger bigger you know as big as the universe kind of thing and all of a sudden you're more powerful than it type of stuff you know? But also yeah, every time you say Jesus, it just it, it ends it. And yep. Yeah, that's why. These demonic, scary movies. I brought this up on our when we were talking to Brent on Paranormal Portal, but it just bothers me. These scary movies when people are just living with this stuff for so long, and it's like, why don't you just no ask solution. for Jesus' yeah. help? If you do that, it goes away. Right, and they yeah. never so, do. And they bring in like a priest comes in and he does like an right, exorcism, he but he never even says Jesus the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, dude? I could do a better job than you. It's like, come mm-hmm. on, guys, you're just playing with fire. You're like lighting blue fire on a, a yellow fire. Yeah. Right? yeah. Just doing same thing so you were gonna tell them that really cool story about grandma curry oh real quick let's take a quick let's save it really quick How do I start? I had a stepfather, and I was no longer at home. Uh, but my sister and I were kind of, I don't know, we must have been star-crossed or something. But when uh, I was six, my father passed away. 
And when she was six, her father passed away. And uh, it was right around uh, August, end of August. When your stepfather passed, passed away? Passed away. And you were already uh, married to someone yes, and gone from I was the... gone. Uh, but I remember Grandma saying, telling us about this. She was so devastated. And uh, my stepfather honestly just idolized his daughter, Helen. And uh, uh, my mother went over uh, over town, which was like a town was one one strip. In Morgan. Stores, de- 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 de. It's all straight line. Yeah, straight towns. line, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, my dad, my stepdad used to go over there all the time and, you know, the pool table and the face and the barbershop and the whole thing. When she went over there, uh, she was feeling so lonesome, just so lonely on Christmas Eve. And she, so she went to town. Well, my mother never drank. She didn't smoke, she didn't drink. Uh, she got to town. She was just feeling so down. And everywhere she went, every store that she stopped at, barbershop and the pool hall and, the, you know, one on, all the way down the line, these people would offer her a drink. And she was so low that she just took it. She was like, I'm low, I want a drink. So she had these drinks. Well, she got home. I don't know how she got home. I have no idea. She must have driven home, but I don't know how. But uh, anyway, she got home, and she was so gone from all of this alcohol. She just flipped onto the bed and passed out. Well, it was probably about 3, 4 in the morning, and she felt somebody shaking her. And she sat up in bed, and her husband, my stepfather, was standing at the side of the bed and said, you've got to get up. There's a little girl that needs Christmas. Get up and get this taken care of. And he left. She got up. She put out all the Christmas. And the next day, she had no hangover. She felt great. I don't know how, but she did. Well, when she told me the story, I don't know if um, maybe she just left something out, but when she was telling me when I was pregnant with Roman and Jaren, I was over there and talking to her and hanging out with her, and she told me this story. She said that he stayed with her while she put the Christmas out. Oh. She said that he stayed with her. He must have stayed there for an hour. Wow. And she said she put Christmas out all the while crying because he was there with her, and she was talking to him, and he was talking to her. And she was scared to death. She didn't know it. Each time she'd have to look away from him to put another present under the tree if she'd turn back and he'd be gone. And she was terrified about that. So she said she was so grateful that he had come to be with her and wake her up so that Helen can have Christmas. But also he was telling her how much he loved her. And she was telling him how much she loved him. And she had an hour, at least an hour with him. And then at one point he just vanished. And then wow. she cried for a while. Then it was time for her to get, you know, get Helen up and get Christmas going. But yeah, she said she didn't have any hangover or anything. No. She felt wow. completely wonderful. And yeah, she didn't drink. Man, she never did. Most times when people come back, they do it in a more subtle way, right? And like you, uh, they leave something for you that you'll recognize. Or like the or scent, the cologne. Right, right. smell their, if they're, uh, you know, I've had that cigar happen. or something, you'll smell that or whatever. Yeah. When, when 
you said you smelled like a scent of somebody that passed on or something? Yeah, I still get that. I, uh, I can, there's nobody in the house. Um, I'm just sitting there, you know, watching TV. And all of a sudden I get either this smell of like a perfume or a smoke smell. And Thomas isn't there. He's been gone. I can smell it. And I just, I just look up and say, hi, Julie. So you get senses of Julie. Yeah. So after after Preston passed away, Preston, just for everybody to understand, is the youngest son. When I married Chris, he had Jamie, Preston, and Samantha, and I had Roman and Jaron, and so we combined the family. Preston was just six months younger than Roman and Jaron, and he died in Afghanistan in the war in 2011. But he used to stand just perfectly always to talk to me or anything in the doorway of my garage. We hang out in my garage. That's our like living room, playroom, rumpus room, whatever. So I would be sitting on my couch and I used to collect cans, you know, and just do recycle. And so I had a big hefty bag hanging on a hook right by where Preston used to stand. I was just sitting there minding my own business and the can bag was full. It was time for me to change the bag. And all of a sudden that bag lifted off that hook. Now there's no way a bag can lift its own self off a hook. But it lifted off the hook and flew across the garage and all the cans went everywhere, all over the floor. And all I could do was laugh. And I just said, Preston, if you're trying to talk to me, like seriously, you didn't have to make a mess. (laughs) Anyway, I told everybody about it. And I don't know if anybody really believed me. But then our son Junior was out here in the garage with me. We're just hanging out talking. And once again, the bag was really full. We're just talking and I'll kid you not, that bag came off that hook and flew across the garage and all the cans went everywhere. And Junior goes, holy crap, mom. (laughs) I said, I told you it totally happened. I don't know what to tell you, but I think sometimes they just come back to try to get your, you know, get your attention and let you know that they're still they're still here somewhere. So you were also saying that sometimes you get in, your sleep gets interrupted because someone tries to talk to you or call your name. You know when Julie was staying with us, and yeah, and uh, she passed away four years ago. Anyway, um, she would uh, she she was downstairs in a room downstairs, and I was upstairs. Thomas didn't hear this, but I heard I was sleeping dead sound asleep, and I heard. Mom! And I'm like, that was Julie. Well, this happened twice. And I would ask her the next day, I said, did you need me for something? Why were you calling me in the middle of the night? She said, no, I didn't. I didn't call you. And so I'm wondering if she was calling me at that time because she knew that I was the one that was going to find her when she died. Um, but I, I'm trying to figure this one out. It was uh, two weeks ago. I'm sound asleep. I've got the two dogs with me on the bed. I hear joy. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, sat, what? I sat right up. What? Who's there? And the dogs, they were just up, you know, uh, what what's mom what what's going on i have no idea what that is there was nobody there but i heard it and it was loud was it a male voice i don't know well it's weird because like uh, julie wouldn't say joy she'd say no, mom right she'd so say who, mom so, so be, yeah it wasn't julie did it have a presence like uh like a fatherly figure like trying to get you to like call the arm like in a way like you know to do something you know i don't know 
yeah, what did you feel like? Did you feel threatened or weirded out? I, I didn't feel threatened. I just felt like somebody needed my attention. And I'm like, yeah, but who? I don't know. I have no idea. Man, the, the spiritual world trying to muster up the energy just to even yeah. say joy out loud like that. You know, if, in fact, Julie was trying to tell me something before she died, what's this one? I don't know. Yeah, hmm. I have no idea. That's crazy. And that was two weeks ago? But yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just it's recently. Really recent. Yeah. So something's been ramping up again. I don't know. Well, I've, and I've also had... Okay, you've seen the, the the darker brown rug that's on top of the the red rug where I feed Sundance. Yeah. Sundance has his tongue hanging out all the time. So when, <laughs> when, he, when he's eating, funny. you know, he, he's a sloppy eater. I mean, it gets everywhere. So I put this rug on top of this red one because I had dog food <laughs> everywhere. So I was feeding the dogs, and I had a bowl in each hand. And I always go, I always feed Sundance first. And I say, you know, Sundance baby here. Well, as I went to lean down to put it down, this spot, now this was in January, freezing cold outside this spider ran across this rug and over into the into the leno i'm quick man i got that i stepped stepped right on that spider uh full force i have two <laughs> things of food in my hand and i'm thinking yeah, i got you i'll put these down and i'm going to go get you know a paper towel or whatever to clean this up off the floor well, I lift my foot up. There's nothing on the floor. I thought, okay, well, whatever I did, I must have put him on the bottom of my shoe. So I took my flip-flop off. There was nothing on the flip-flop. Yeah, no, again, it's maybe that skinwalker thing, the same fly, but taking the, uh, like a spider form. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Especially was, in January, like you mentioned that, that yeah. they're not... We don't have spiders in the middle of mm -hmm. January. They're like in that weird hibernation mode. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought, this is either I'm seeing things or there's something going on. Now, I haven't been to Duchesne, but Thomas has. He could have brought someone back, an entity, when he came back. So I don't know if that was what was going on. But about a week and a half ago, I was making the bed, and as I pulled the covers up, the sheet, I took it a little, you know, off the, off the pillow to pull it up. There was a black, it was, oh, God, what would it be? An inch and a quarter, and it was probably not quite a half inch wide, and it moved. It didn't have any legs, didn't have a face, it didn't have a tail, it but it moved right up that pillow, and I put the sheet back on it, thinking I'll, I'll stop it, and I pulled the sheet back. There was nothing. It was like a little black, like, just like, was it like a rectangle shape or something, or? Just about that shape. Like a weird rectangle thing. It was, yeah. Like a little cylinder rectangle thing. Mm -hmm. What the heck is that? I don't know. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have a problem going to bed tonight. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. I was I was able to go to bed. I went, you know, this is nuts. This is all in my either my imagination 
or it's that stupid spirit or skinwalker. So that's just that's some of the stuff you're going through. It's yeah, that's that just recent. You're gonna have to keep us posted on if more stuff starts happening. That is weird stuff. Definitely, let us know if you have any other weird experiences. <laughs> you will. Yep. Well, that, that's as good as I'm gonna get today. experiences mom and I don't know where you want to start with them but you got to tell people about these crazy experiences so wherever you want to start you just go for it so ever since I was little probably fifth grade I had had started having a little bit of psychic experiences and this is just leading into what what happened later but I think sometimes when you have a little bit of psychic experiences then it kind of opens a door to spiritual experiences um, when I was in fifth grade, for example, um, the teacher was seeing, talking about Marilyn Monroe and how she had killed herself and something. I've always been very well behaved, I promise. Really, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and I would never yell or have a tantrum or anything, especially around a, someone of authority like my teacher. But I stood up and I started crying and I yelled in the middle of the class that Marilyn Monroe did not kill herself, that he cannot teach people that, and that it was Bobby Kennedy who killed her. I didn't even know who Bobby Kennedy was, so how Bobby Kennedy's name jumped into my wow. brain, I have no idea. I was hysterical, and they had to take me down to the principal's office, and my mom had to pick me up and take me home. <laughs> so when, when is Marilyn's birthday again? She's the same so birthday as me. That's why I brought it up. June 1st. Yeah. I had to say that. And my mom has Marilyn Monroe stuff all over in uh, Everywhere. Her, yeah, in her nail room and stuff because they used to do nails all the time. And it's funny, yeah, that's like, it's like there's a kindred spirit connection there. And then since then, they've come out with all of these different biographies. And Bobby Kennedy was there with a doctor who had a doctor bag. And then when he left, she was no longer. So I'm sure it was Bobby Kennedy. But anyway... So that happened, and then I would always have, you know, I could like every kid probably, scary dreams that I weren't, I wasn't sure if they were real or or actual dreams. But then, when I was in sixth grade, I went to tend some kids, and this this one little baby just, I couldn't get her to stop screaming. No matter what I did, I was hugging her and holding her and put her in the, I, I did everything. She would not stop screaming. So when I got home, I told my mom. I'm not having any kids. And then I jokingly said, Well, she called me and told me. She says, I can't get this kid to stop. Yeah, and I was panicked. And the lady didn't come home till 2 in the morning. So it was an all-night adventure. And as soon as the mom walked in the door, the baby stopped crying. I mean, the very second. So, yeah. But anyway, I get home and I told my mom, I'm not having any kids. I'm never having kids. I don't like kids and they don't like me. And that's how it goes. 
And I said, oh, geez, just because I said that, Heavenly Father's going to give me twins. So then after that, I kept having repeated dreams about these two gorgeous, sweet, cutest boys around the age of three with dark hair and dark eyes, and they were twins. And I knew from that point I was going to have twins. So I even told my gynecologist later, well, I'm having twins. And he says, no, you're not. I don't hear a second heartbeat. You're not. And I said, oh, yes, I am. You'll see. And so when I got my ultrasound, um, sure enough, there were twins. And he says, I should know better. I should listen to my mothers when they say, because they usually know better than me. But so that started in, you know, fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade, a few other things happened. But, but I, when I hit ninth grade, that's when I started, you know, really getting interested in boys. And I started seeing this one boy, he was two years older than me and his name was Rick. But anyway, he had, he had a weird way about him and he was a little strange, but he was really handsome. So I thought, well, he's darn cute. So he and I and my friend Debbie and her boyfriend, Bill, would hang out with, we'd hang out together. And we went over to Rick's house one day and somebody had a bright idea for us to play the Ouija board. And Rick was an avid hunter. He had pheasants, stuffed pheasants all over his bedroom. He had this huge, gigantic king-size bed and he had a really big bedroom. And so we all got on his bed, sitting Indian style with the Ouija board in the middle of us. And the light was on. We were having fun. And next thing I know, my friend Debbie says, are you real? And something clicked. And I don't know exactly what happened, but the light went off. We were all sitting on the bed. No way anyone could reach the light switch. So we were sitting on the bed. Light went off. And the pheasants that were on the wall started flying around our heads, just flying around us. You could feel the wind from them flying. And we were all screaming. <laughs> all of a sudden, the light flipped, flipped back on and the pheasants dropped. And there wasn't one pheasant on his wall anymore. They were all dropped around us on the bed. I would have been gone. Yeah, Instantly. that's exactly yeah. what happened. We all said, we're out of here. We ran out of Rick's bedroom. He brought the Ouija board with him. They went out in his front yard, broke it in half, and stuck it in his garbage can. So you, so you could hear like the wings flapping kind of vibe. Yeah, like, you, like around your head, or and, was fill the air. The and wind, there was wind like, flapping. Wow. Yeah. So you did hear the flapping. Because say, it could have just been like something just throwing them in the air, all crazy. You know what I mean? Like, Probably was. Yeah. And 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 maybe that would cause a flap because they were yeah. they were stuffed, and if that was like a. Tornado. Like not a, like a Beetlejuice. You know, when Beetlejuice is trying to like scare the people out of the house, he's doing all those crazy yeah. things, you know? It's like one of those when, times. Do you know the caseworkers? Like, what are you going to do to scare these people? It's like, yeah. I'm going to grab the pheasants off the wall and shut the light <laughs> right. And that'll scare the crap out of so them. Yeah. So they broke the Ouija board and then he threw it in the garbage? He, th he broke it over his knee and he threw it in the garbage. And then he called me the next day when I got home from school and he said, You're never going to believe this. And I said, What? And he said, I came home today and the Ouija board was perfectly whole it was not broken there's no crack in it and it was underneath my bed so he said i'm gonna i'm gonna burn it and i said well i hope Good it luck. burns i yeah. hope it burns i don't know what to tell you and ouija board is like an old african uh voodoo sort of thing right it's yeah. from it's like from those those that area and milton bradley isn't that who makes that uh -huh. i think so yeah. it's like they i think they were on a trip in africa or something and they just decided they to make it. this creepy thing a game and don't, they didn't even realize how dangerous it really is, I think, and how much of a portal opener it is and stuff, it feels like, you know. It's, yeah, my advice is don't touch one of those things. That's just my And that's not advice. the only story I've heard where 
the Ouija board comes back in perfect condition and under somebody's bed or, you know, on their bed set or just Didn't somewhere. Did Julie have one like that? Yeah. When we were little kids, when we were, I was very little. I was only seven. And we were over at Beverly's, one of our neighbors, Beverly. There was uh, Julie and me and Mickey and Beverly and Teresa, Tony and Beverly's little brother, Larry. All, all of us were over at Beverly's house and they all decided that they were going to light candles and play the Ouija board. And then we were asking questions, and then all of a sudden this gray, ugly swirl of black smoke started coming up out of the Ouija board, and it rose really tall, like to about eight feet. And we all ran out of Beverly's house because it was it was going to turn into something. We didn't know what, and we were going about to stay. So I ran out into the street, and I was out in the street. Oh, and my sister Julie was there, and I was calling for Julie because I was scared, and I wanted her to get out of the house. And she was coming out of the house and coming down the stairs because she had the, the level of coming out would be out, outside their kitchen and it would be a stairway going down because they had a split entry. And so I'm, wa- I'm waiting out there and I'm watching, hoping Julie will come out the door and she starts to come out. And then for, for some reason she ran back in and I'm still sitting out there on the, on, in the middle of the street. I wasn't going to even get near the sidewalk to that house anymore. And so I was just waiting for her. I was still screaming for her. And then all of a sudden she came out and she said, it's okay, it's gone. So the Ouija board was actually Julie's. So she went to get rid of it. She did the same thing. They broke it up with a sledgehammer and put it in our garbage can. But it happened to be back in our closet in our games the next day. So they took it, her and Mickey took it on his mini bike. They went up to where what we called Bunker Hill because we used to have like these low mountains behind our house hills but you know they were like a mountain and they <laughs> dug a big hole and they buried it but it didn't come back that's jumanji style right there somebody's yeah. gonna find it one day and it's like can it cause problems again oh that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's possible. one of those contractors might end up with it <clears throat> yeah that wouldn't be good so it's really interesting and like just the yeah since you were so young you've been having these crazy experiences and i think uh it just keeps going from there especially if you have like a clairvoyance or a psychic sort of thing which I'll vouch for that my mom does have that because she always um, can guess. Like back in the day, she used to be able to guess right when somebody was pregnant before they even knew they were pregnant or like what the gender of the baby was going to be before they even knew, you know, and stuff. So it's like, and she was always right, it seemed like. so. Yeah, what, what happens, if you can describe it, what happens for you when you can determine what this, the gender is going to be? Like what, how does that visualize for you? Like, yeah, the first thing that happens to me is when, so I used to do nails. So I had all these nail ladies and they all ended up being like really great friends, wonderful friends. And so when they'd come in, we'd always hug. And so how this would come about is I'd hug them. And if I hugged them and I got immediate chills from the top of my head all the way to my feet and just goosebumps all over everywhere, then I'd say, you're pregnant. And they'd say, no, I'm not. Like, yeah, you're pregnant. You need to go take a pregnancy test because you're definitely pregnant. And then they'd take a pregnancy test and they would be pregnant. But I'd say, I can tell you what you're going to have, but I'm going to have to have you, I'm going to have to have your husband come take you to nails. I need to look in his eyes. So they would bring their husband over and I'd look in his eyes and there's just something about their eyes that I can tell if he was going to have a boy or if he was going to have a girl because the man determines the sex. So if a, if a man's eyes are kind of blank and not, yeah, like if they're kind of blank and they're just kind of, yeah, they're not glossy. They're just kind of just there. All I can say is to me, that's a manly look. But if the man's eyes are sparkly and they have a little color and a little glaze, a little, and even his eyelashes might be darker, maybe a little longer at that point, then he's going to have girl. So what I have to, wow. I have to look into their eyes 
the first three months. That's how I can tell. And then this, the funny story, though, was Mindy. Mindy was pregnant, my friend Mindy. And I told her she was pregnant. Same thing, same scenario. And I looked at her husband's eyes, and I said, well, you're going to have a boy. And she said, oh, okay, you know, whatever. So she went in and did the ultrasound, and then she went in and got the sonogram. And they said, you're going to have a girl. Mindy was like, well, I'm sorry, Dix, you're wrong this time. You're going to have a girl. And I said, huh, that's really weird. I said, I think you're going to have a boy. She goes, they said I was going to have a girl. And I said, I would stick with neutral colors. Like the crib, <laughs> the color in the walls. Wow, great. Stick with neutral neutral colors, please, because you're going to have a boy. green. Yeah. I said, it'll be really sad if you paint everything pink and you get a boy. And she's like, well, that's true. So, um... It goes on, and then they do her baby shower, and I brought this little leather Harley jacket. It was a jacket with leather pants. Yeah, really cute boy Harley outfit. And all of her girlfriends got mad at me when I when she opened it. All I do is giggle. I was just giggling. I was like, "Hey, I'm just saying, take this with you to the hospital, just in case. Take a little girl outfit and a little this little boy outfit, just in case." And she's like, okay, I'll do it for you. And I said, okay, thanks. And so she goes and has her baby. And sure enough, it was a boy. And she wow. had a Harley outfit to put on him to take him home. <laughs> no way. He was bad as bone from the start. <laughs> yeah, he was bad as bone. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like a crazy story. How you? I love how you stuck to your guns. You're like, no, like just, just in case. Like, yeah. you know? I mean, the ultrasound said it was a girl. But, yeah. you know, sometimes they can hide that pretty good positions they're in or whatever so i was like no you're having a boy i'm sure of it so anyway so that same boyfriend rick back to the pheasants flying Mm -hmm. around us so he was a little different and he liked all these scary movies he liked everything scary and i really didn't i was scared of it but he said let's go to a movie and i said okay then i asked my mom can i go to the movie with rick and she said yeah so i went to the movie i said what are we gonna go we're not gonna go see a scary movie and he goes nah we won't see a scary movie get to the movies and we go to see Halloween the very first one and that scared me so bad because at the end he's like a spirit and he he doesn't die right the end of the first Halloween and he falls out a window three stories and then they look down over the balcony and he's He's gone gone. that freaked me out so I was like oh great now I'm gonna have bad dreams and then the next weekend he said let's go to the movies and I said as long as we don't go see a scary movie I'll go to movies with you and he goes okay yeah we will this time, let's go to a drive-in. Okay. So we go to the drive-in, and there's all sorts of choices. And I'm thinking we're going to go see the fun one, Caddyshack, which is what I wanted to see. <laughs> I think it was Caddyshack. No, it was something before Caddyshack. I think it was Animal House, actually. But he goes down the drive of Exorcist. So I'm stuck seeing the Exorcist. And that show, you guys, still to this day, I can't see anything. I can't see a picture of her face. I don't want to see nothing. It just scared the daylights out of me. And then it was only two days later, we were watching this biography, autobiography on Ted Bundy. My mom was with us in the living room, and I think she remembers this. But he turned to me and just flat out asked me how would be the worst way to die? How I would think what would be the worst way that I could die? And I just answered him. I said, being skinned alive would be the worst. And he said, well, good. So if you don't have sex with me, then I'm going to skin you alive. Because I was never going to have sex. Yeah, I was too young. And mom heard him and she said, what did you say? (laughs) And I said, I think you better leave. And he started laughing in this really weird kind of sinister laugh. And mom says, she's asked you to leave. I think you need to leave. So he got up and left. He didn't cause any problems or anything. I broke up with him after that. And then that's when the terrible thing happened. So you have to know, I had played the Ouija board. I had seen Halloween. I'd seen The Exorcist. He had turned into a weirdo watching the Ted Bundy thing. 
Was it about a week later? I take a shot at rum or whiskey. <laughs> this is freaking me out. Oh, it was about a week later, and I go to bed, and I've always been this person that cannot sleep early. I have to go to bed late, like midnight and after for sure. So I go to sleep, and as always, I'm with my mom. It's just me and my mom living in our house. And so we lived in a mobile home, and anyone who lives in mobile homes, or at least ones that were built back then when I would have been 15, um, the spare bedrooms didn't have locks on the bedroom doors. The master did, but the spare bedrooms never did. And so I had a bunk bed where I was on the top bunk because I used to, my sister used to live with us, but she had moved out. So I had the bedroom all to myself and I'm laying there. And if you can picture this, I'm slaying on my back and I'm saying, I'm just getting ready to say my prayers. Where, where are the spare bedrooms really quick? Because it, like it so, it's a long thing, right? So yeah. like there's usually like the masters at the very yeah, back. Yeah, I have the yep. visual type of it. Thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right. master in the far back. And okay. then you have your washer and dryer and bathroom. And then next to that would be my room. Okay. And then next to that would be the living room. And then the kitchen would kitchen. be in the very front. I'm laying there on my back. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, this is the honest truth. My as, as you're laying there, your head's on your pillow, right? Well, all of a sudden, my head came up like someone had come behind me and pushed my head upward so that my chin was touching my chest. And I couldn't move. I couldn't say anything. And my eyes were open and I couldn't shut them. No matter how hard I tried to shut them, they wouldn't shut and in the corner of my room, at the top of the corner, there was this thing starting to form. It was a dark, smoky, circleish swirl that was starting in the corner. And then it got a little bit lighter. So it was dark first, then it got a little bit lighter in the center. And right in the middle of it were these two fiery colored eyes. And I was terrified. I couldn't do anything. And I was trying to pray, but I was so scared that I couldn't get my mind wrapped around what I needed to be saying. So it started floating towards me and it started saying, if you can imagine the very worst swear words in the world, it was shouting those at me. But it would say those words and then it would say, Dixie, wake up. I just didn't even know what to do. I was freaked out and it was coming at me, spewing obscenities at me. As it was getting closer, it was getting bigger and it was getting very close to my bed. And I was so scared, but my mom must have sensed that I was in trouble, even though I couldn't make any sounds. I don't know why she sensed it, but she came down the hall and tried to open my door and my door wouldn't open. And there's no lock. My door would not open and she could tense. Those are also not very solid doors either. No, they're hollow. So she actually did kind of lean on it to try to, in case it was, you know, stuck. She was trying to lean on it, but it wasn't opening. And then all of a sudden she leaned on it again and it opened and my head dropped back on my pillow and the thing was gone. And she said, did you put your dresser in front of the door? What's going on? And I said, no, mom, I, 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 and I just started crying, just crying really bad. Yeah, that's traumatic. And I told her what happened. And then I, and the only reason that it left was because mom got in there. And so she would come in and went to sleep with me. And so I said, okay, we'll make you a bed right next to me. Well, my, I didn't have a, a bed, actually. I just had a box springs and a mattress. And so I could just put my hand over and lay it on her face or on her head or on her arms. And she was fine. Yeah, then I could go to sleep as long as mom was touching my forehead or something. But other than that, I couldn't go to sleep. I didn't sleep in my own bed for a long time. What an evil, that sounds like such an evil thing that was coming at you. I I wonder what caused that. I wonder what caused him to try to, whatever that thing was, to come in and try to make I think it was between the Ouija board and these terrible movies and me hanging out with someone who was probably evil. But I didn't realize it until he he showed it. had its own attachments. And now all of a sudden it's like preying on you because you're such a good person, you know, and they always go after the ones that 
are on the God side, the closer to the God side, well, you know. In so many cases of the demonic, is they always it's always swearing profanities at yeah. somebody, very like just everything opposite of good, and then they make you feel like broken and like stuck and paralyzed, not stuff. And then on top of that, the uh, like dick, like knowing your name, like Daisy. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I, thing. I had no idea how it would it would know my name, but it was definitely a male voice. Yeah, and what they're known to do, at least like from like exorcist cases I've looked into and stuff with priests and stuff, they'll like call out their worst sins or their worst memories yeah. of something that they're not proud of. Don't they know all that stuff? Yeah, and I think that's so creepy. Like yeah. that's just uh, like yeah, just trying to convince you that you yourself you. are evil mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Then mom said, "I think you need to have a blessing." Yeah, I had I I brought some people in. To bless the house and her. Yeah. And then I was a little better. I was better for a little while. So that was when I was 15. I told her, never go to those kind of movies ever again. Because when you go there, you bring them back you invite, with you. You invite. Yeah, you invite. Actually, I still haven't seen The Exorcist. People, you know, some of the listeners are really probably blown away by that. But I've yeah, never no. seen that movie. You, I haven't you don't seen even that need one to. and Rosemary's Baby either. You yeah. told us those two movies are the ones that you, we kind of need to see. And I'm totally good on that. I don't want to see those I've seen all. Halloween. I actually love Halloween. So do I. I think I, could, <laughs> I think I could watch it now. But you have to understand, when right. I was 15, I had never watched anything that scary before. Yeah. And so it was It was right after the Ouija board. And then we saw Halloween. And then we saw, I mean, it was just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so then, so that was when I was 15 and I actually got quite better. I would have bad dreams, but they were, you know, I would probably have really bad dreams like once every three months and then I'd be scared and I'd have to come make a bed besides mom. I mean, <laughs> I got a little bit better. Wasn't, wasn't all better. And then um, when I was 19, mom had um, decided that we were going to move to this really nice, um, it was a really nice duplex. Yeah, in Midvale, I, it was really nice. It had a double oven. I know. I mean, I oh gosh, we thought we were in heaven. Like, that is cool. Yeah. It was so nice. And um, my room. What's they, an oven? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just use the air fryer. That's all you. Know. My like room that. was downstairs, so it was upstairs and downstairs. There was only one finished room in the basement, and that was my bedroom. And one finished up. Well, yeah, one finished upstairs. Yeah, one one bedroom up and. Yeah, that's, that was kind of a... Oh, no, there's two bedrooms. We had two bedrooms, but two we bedrooms were upstairs. nails in one. Yeah, we, had, we were doing nails in the spare bedroom upstairs. Yeah. So my bedroom was downstairs, and I liked it anyways because it was a big room, and they put it some was. bright yellow carpet in for me. Oh, your favorite. It was yellow and had a little gold and brown in it. It was so awesome. Anyway, <laughs> so I was so excited to have that room, but the window uh, was not built to today's standards as far as you can't have this kind of window in a bedroom nowadays and I know why now because I was trying to get away from something really scary and there wouldn't been any way out but this window is only 12 inches 12 inches um, long it was about the same size as a a a floor a heater vent cover oh wow oh wow that's only how big it was so there's no way a person could climb out of it no if there was a fire I would have to get out of my door and then I would Which have to go. Which could be on fire, and, and there, you know, there could be a big flame behind that. You know, and I'd be, no I'd way. be stuck. Yeah. yeah. So um, I went to sleep, and um, we had a, a neighbor at that time. His name was Veen. and so I went, I went to sleep, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing my mother scream like crazy upstairs, and a man, I could hear a man too. And so I'm like, what is going on? So I run upstairs and I find my mom 
has been attacked with an axe. And I couldn't get any anything from her, so I ran to Veen's to see if he could help. And we didn't know where this man was, you know, that had a tail. He was a bald, he was a very bald, very built, like Mr. Clean. He looked like Mr. Clean. Oh, wow. Um, and so I went over to get Veen, and we came back, and I, he said, call 911. So I was trying to call 911 for my mom, and all of a sudden, the man with the axe came back, and Veen was back in my mom's bedroom trying to help her until help came. Right. And the only place I could run from when, where he came in is I could only run downstairs to my, what I thought. I, I don't know why I thought this in my in my. It was like a dream. It was a dream, but it wasn't a dream. I can tell you it felt so real. It was so real. But I ran down in my bedroom and I had a lock on my bedroom door. And I thought, he'll never find me down there. And so he comes down and he's banging on my door and then he starts chopping at my door with the axe. And I'm thinking, I can't get out of here. He's going to get me. He's going to, and I don't even know if he's killed my mom. So I'm like freaking out. I'm so scared. And I finally just open my bedroom door and I run up the stairs and I find my mom is okay in her bed. And that's oh, where... It's like he was putting an alternate reality on what was actually real. You know, yeah. Like a weird screen image of, of something else. When I was in that bedroom, I thought, you know what? If I get close enough to him, he's going to have a hard time swinging that axe on me. If I got real close to him, you know how it would be like, yeah. he'd be like, it'd be like T-Rex trying mm -hmm. to get you. So Pro that was problem, my thought. I think that's how you say it. That's how, that's the uh, martial arts and, and they teach that exact thing. Like get close to your, your person so that they can't swing at you with like a weapon, right? You get really up close to them and, and you attack them up close, you know, in a way. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. They can't swing at you. There's nothing they can do, you know? That was my first thought is I thought, okay, I'm opening this door and I'm going to get so close to him, he won't be able to get to me with that axe. But I, I opened the door and slammed into him, but then he disappeared. And I ran up the stairs to find my mom was okay in her room. And Veen wasn't there. But that was so weird and it was so real. It was more real than us sitting here together. Do you remember that too, Grandma? Her telling you about this yep. after it happened? Yeah, I remember. But you don't you didn't experience anything weird when that no. was happening. Huh. No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, that's crazy. But I yeah, she did. And I believed her. Oh yeah. Because, you know, I mean by that time I had to believe her. I mean there was a yeah. lot of stuff going on here. Well and that's a um it's a really common thing um that you just described what people experience like heaven or like a spiritual realm they say it's more real than than living on our existence like of earth you know the you there's more reality there like there's more smells more colors more everything's more um vivid, vivid intense and more intense and you feel things better you know even more so yeah i can think that because i i mean everything just felt even the colors were more real more bright everything was so that was really strange that that was one thing that happened then then um when we first moved into that, no, then I married Mickey. But then we weren't doing nails in the spare bedroom anymore, and Mom had moved out my old bunk beds into the spare bedroom. And I had I moved back in with Mom. 
after because Mickey and I didn't make it. It was only nine months. Moved back in with mom and I went in there and I and I hadn't seen my grandma on my dad's side because she died when I was nine. So it had been a very long time, 11 years. And I almost think I had almost forgotten what her face looked like. But I'm in there sleeping and I, well, I wasn't sleeping. I was crying because my marriage was over and that was it. So I was crying. It was just softly crying. My mom was sleeping and I was just really sad about the whole thing. And I mean, it was me that wanted to leave, but I didn't want my marriage to end either, like, because yeah. that was kind of awful, whatever. But I couldn't keep on being married to him. Anyway, so I was crying, and I was really sad, and then all of a sudden, I looked at my bedroom door, which was closed, and my grandma walked through the bedroom door, my grandma Lee, Elma. She walked through the bedroom door and walked straight over to me, and I could see her face just as clear as day. She walked straight over to me and sat down right next to me on my bed and told me that everything was going to be okay and that she loved me and that I had a really wonderful life coming. It was just all going to be wonderful and not to worry about anything. And she stayed with me for just a, maybe five minutes and then she left and I fell asleep. But I wonder why, I wonder why she was the one that came to you in that moment. So, well, my grandma Curry was still alive, so I, it couldn't have been her, and I hadn't lost anybody, you know, thankfully, except for my grandma Elma and my grandpa Art. So I kind of just think, number one, that that's why she came to me, but number two is that she always wanted a Dixie, and she had three boys, and she couldn't have any little girls. So when my dad and mom had a little girl, they named me Dixie, so I think that she was a little close to me. Plus, I was the youngest. Um, I do want to hear one more thing, Mom, or at least this is like it's always been on my mind ever since you told us, and I think the listeners definitely need to hear this one. This one's like the crazy, one of the craziest ones to me, and the reason I'm scared of dolls, toys, like sometimes I'll see these like girl girl dolls with like really human looking eyes, right? And they freak me out, like in the store. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because of this yeah. and Chucky too. Like you and I up. watched Megan recently. And oh that yeah, was, I mean that. It's kind of a decent movie. It's not, I wouldn't say it's really that great for a horror movie, but like, it was scary. It was really scary to see this thing like moving like a human and like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. It was like killing, you know, killing like the dog next door and the, and the neighbor oh, next no. door because yeah. it was like, it was like an AI, it's an AI creature. So they took like the AI side of it instead of like the demonic side, but it's yeah. still kind of demonic. But I think your story is like, but yeah, you have a legit man, real scary type thing like this and that's. It's what Zach Bagans always wants to happen to him for some reason on Ghost Adventures and stuff. That's why he collects all those dolls, I swear. Yeah. Like, he wants to see something like that happen. It's Maybe like Robert the Doll, like Annabelle, all the ones that are famous, right? Yeah. Those are the real ones. But, but yeah, take it away. When I was about nine, so first of all, I want to say my, my Uncle Fred and my Aunt Phil, they lived in Pocatello. And Uncle Fred was always into anything horror flick, you know, anything scary. And he was the best writer of scary stories. He also looks just like uh, Vincent Price in a way. Vincent yeah. Price got Stan Vincent Lee Price mixed. Vibe. You mix those yeah, two. Stan Lee and Vincent Price. Price. Yeah, mixed. But he was always fun. He would tell us scary stories. Oh my goodness. He was so good at scary stories. But so I don't know if this had something to do with it, you know, with him always inviting because he would go to every scary movie. He would, I mean, he just didn't, I think he invited. But, and sometimes he would, do some things that people might think were not very risky. Yeah. So I think, I think he just was in that realm, you know, but we decided we were going to go visit and my dad and mom were divorced. So it was just my dad and I. So, but there was my cousin Debbie and my cousin Cindy, who I loved to hang out with all the time whenever I got to see them because I didn't get to see them very often. They lived in Pocatello and we lived in Salt Lake. Uncle Fred had this downstairs and I'll try to map it out for you. So you go down the stairs and there's a little hallway. To the right would be the, like it was a playroom. They had a bumper pool. 
I think that's what it was called, Bumper Pool. And then they had a player piano. And then they had a couple of like arcade games from back in the day. Like I think they were the pinballs down there. And they had a couch and it was the fun room where everybody would hang out. And then across the hall from that, so you would go to the right to go in there. To the left, she had a laundry room, my aunt Phil, and it was a really big room. It was like, it was just almost the same size as that playroom. Wow. And it, it was all full of these metal racks. And on those metal racks were, you know, sleeping bags. I mean, you name it, like coolers, all sorts of camping equipment, you know. And then and the racks kind of lined all the way around the room. And then in the middle, she had her washer and dryer. But on one of the racks were these really tall, life-size girl dolls. And they had, one had long brown hair and one had long blonde hair. And that's because Cindy had brown hair and Debbie had blonde hair. And so they gave one to Cindy and one to Debbie. And so um, we're just down there having fun. And of course, the ghost stories have to start and they're telling one ghost story after another. So I'm already getting creeped out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm only nine. I'm freaking out. And then Uncle Fred comes down and tells us like two really scary stories. And so Cindy's three years older than me and Debbie's like five years older than me. Cindy would have been 12 and Debbie would have been more like 16. But we're all down there just having a blast. And all of a sudden the player piano starts and Uncle Fred's like, what the heck? And he runs over and he's like, how did that happen? And Debbie's like, I don't know, Dad, it never happens because their bedrooms were downstairs. She's like, I don't know, Dad, that never happens. And he's like, well, that's really weird. He goes and unplugs the player piano, but then he plugs it back in. Actually, no, there was a switch on it where you could switch it to player piano or you could switch it to regular. So he messes with the switch and then he comes back and he's like, okay, girls, well, it's probably time for y'all to go to bed. Let's set up the sleeping bags. So we go in and we get sleeping bags from those racks. And down at the end of the hall, straight ahead is... Cindy's room and then to the right behind the playroom is Debbie's room. I'm gonna sleep in Cindy's room on her floor and Debbie's just gonna be in there by herself. There was also our cousin Lisa with us. So Lisa and I slept in Cindy's room in sleeping bags. So we got we all go in there and I go, Oh my gosh, what are these dolls? So Cindy and Debbie said, They need to stay where they're at. Oh, that's creepy. And I said, Okay, because I just thought they didn't want me to play with their their stuff, you know? Because I was a little kid. But then I said to Cindy, Can I just see yours? Can I just look at her? And Cindy goes, they should stay there. And they were acting really weird. And I was like, okay. But I was kind of sad because I really wanted to see one of them. And so Cindy goes, okay, I'll bring mine down. You can look at her. She brought it down and I was nine. So I was basically the same height as that doll. Eyeball to eyeball. You think these things were like four feet tall? Yep. They were a little bit more than four feet, I think. And so I'm just like, oh, she's so pretty. And I was playing with her hair and I thought she was so pretty and then Cindy goes okay that's enough puts her back up she wraps her up in hefty instead of leaving her uncovered like she had been before she got a hefty bag and put both dolls in hefty bag and put them back up on the shelf and I said why'd you put them in bag um I don't I don't want them to get dusty so then we all go set up and we're just getting ready to go to sleep and everybody's like do you want to hear another scary story and of course they said yes so we had one more scary story and then um we went to sleep Lights went out. All of a sudden, I'm hearing something. Like, because I've always been a light sleeper. I'm hearing somebody walk around. I thought maybe they had to go to the bathroom or something. The girls. I turned to look. And Cindy's doll is standing at her bed with her head cocked down, looking straight at Cindy's face. And so the doll had walked around our sleeping bags and stood right over Cindy, staring at Cindy's face. And Cindy woke up just as soon as I woke up and I saw the doll there. Cindy woke up and she was like, 
<laughs> so as soon as Cindy, I heard Cindy go, you know, I got up and I turned on the light and Lisa's like, what's going on? She's rubbing her eyes. <laughs> She's like, what are you guys doing? And the doll was in there and Cindy goes, somebody has to take the doll back into the room. And when you take her back in, then put her in the hefty bag and shut the door. Lisa says, I'll take her in. So she takes her in, puts her in the hefty bag. I wasn't getting near that doll. Mm -hmm. So she takes her in, puts her in the hefty bag, puts her back on the shelf. We close Cindy's door and we all decide we're just going to go back to sleep. And then we hear Debbie in her room, like only an hour later going, ah, (laughs) and we all get up, we go in and her blonde doll had walked in and did the same thing to her. So Debbie, though, wasn't as afraid of her doll as Cindy was of hers. So Debbie just grabs her own doll, takes her back, puts her in here, she puts her on the shelf, shuts the door and says, hopefully that's all we have to deal with tonight. Because she was older, 16. Oh, you they've know. been dealing with this for a while. Yeah, this is tough. That's this is a, that's like, you been, like the dark episode. They need to stay where they're at. Don't touch them. Don't get near them. That's why they didn't want me to touch the doll. That's no. why they didn't even want to touch them. They didn't want to wake them up or whatever. So then what happened? Because I feel like there, there's a little bit more, isn't there? Well, then uh, it's just more hearsay than anything. After that, then we started to talk. It was the next morning because we actually made it through the rest of the night without the dolls coming in. But the next morning, Cindy and Debbie were telling me about how these dolls will get up and walk all over the place. They would find them in the, I always want to call it a playroom, but you know what I mean by that, the living room with all the stuff in it. They'd find them in there. They'd find them sitting at the player piano. They'd find them in their rooms. They'd find them everywhere. So finally, they didn't want to play with them anymore because... They were walking everywhere, and it would usually be at night. And I don't know why they didn't throw them away. Me either. If they continued to do this. Well, I know that Cindy said they had told their dad that this kept happening, and he just really didn't believe it. Maybe he paid a pretty penny for them, too, because they looked, sound like they were quality, like big ones. Like, like really expensive? Yeah, maybe they were 200 bucks a piece or something. And well, whatever how, that would have been. I think it's funny how they then. say you need to bag them up and, and shut that door. I, I just know that my Uncle Fred at that time was making really, really good money, and he had a really nice house. So he probably did pay a pretty good penny for yeah, those dolls. Yeah, I'm thinking. So maybe he's like, I'm gonna, we're going to keep them, even though you guys don't fully like them anymore. Like, they're still cool. They're collector's dolls or something. Oh, yeah, you know? maybe, huh? Could yeah. have been collector's. And they're just like, they don't oh, geez. Can you imagine, like, you know, 20 years down the road, they sell them to a doll collector? Yeah. <laughs> I drove to all the way to Seattle for a business trip and we were driving back home and we got lost. Well it was it was right around Idaho, around Pocatello. We thought we had the Pocatello exit. So we took this road. We took this road and it turned out to be a rural, almost no lights in the there, streets. There wasn't any lights. This is the start of a scary farms clear out in the yeah. distance. Yeah. And the signs were like Every sign had more bullet holes in it that you couldn't even tell what the sign said. There was no passing, anybody coming the other way. You had to pull off the road and let them go the other way and then go, because it was just a one-lane road. Jeez. Yeah, and it had a ditch on one side, and then it was just skinny, and you couldn't really, there was like a hill on the other side. Yeah, kind of a... So, a berm or whatever. Right. So, we're driving, and, and I says, oh my gosh, Mom, 
I think we're lost. At least we had enough gas to get probably somewhere, you know. So we weren't that scared about running out of gas or anything in the middle of the freaking night. But anyway, we both realized we had to go to the bathroom. So we had to pull over and we had to go on this ditch. So we <laughs> trying to keep our balance with on something the else. Ditch bank, per se, we've pulled off. <laughs> so then we do that and then we're just getting ready to get back in the car. And I go around and I'd had my headlights on just so that we had some light. And so I go to walk around the front of the car to get, because I was driving, and then mom could get in the passenger and I was going to get in the driver. But as I go into the front of the car, I said, oh my gosh, mom, look at that, look at that. And what was it? Well, it was like a, we, at first we thought it was a duck, but it had this flat tail like a platypus. Yeah, and, a, and the mouth like a platypus, the beak. Yes. Only it didn't have a beak. No, it was like a rubbery platypus. platypus. Weird. Yeah. And then it had the body of like a small Maltese dog. Like it had a little bit of curly feathers or curly hair on it. But it was so weird and it was waddling. It had really short legs, really short legs. But it's, he was kind of, you could tell it was maybe chubby for its legs. <laughs> and it was waddling <laughs> towards us. We're like, get in the car. So we get in the car and we finally found, and what we really had done was we had gone through Snowville, Utah. We were actually trying to go through Idaho and then come back to Salt Lake. But we went through Snowville and it's really farmland out there. We had to go around this thing and get back in the car and we're like, ooh, don't hit it, you know. And we're driving around it and we finally find this little gas station that had like a mini mart or whatever in it. It was so weird because the guy behind the counter, I don't know, he just was not all there. He just was not all there. And we I were. Picture, I picture the guy from Napoleon Dynamite that gets the kids to like go work in his farm and he's like eating all those eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden this bus pulls up and all these people get out of the bus and they're all like special needs. And the bus had Corrigan on it. So anyway, everybody inside that little mini mart was, everyone was special needs. Like I, all I can tell you is we really needed help trying to find our way home and there was no one to help us. So, and we didn't have, we didn't know where we are or we would have bought a map. But if we, if we could have just known where we were at, then I would have bought a map and I would know how to get out of there. But we had no idea where we were at. So I go up to the guy there and he's all, and I'm like, um, he couldn't even tell me. Like I asked him, where is the freeway? That's all he would say. I'm like, oh my gosh. So he finally pointed to a direction and we went that direction. And then as we were leaving, getting on the freeway, it said Snowville backward and Salt Lake forward, which means we just came from Snowville. So we find our way home and I talked to my dad the next day and he used to be a salesman, traveling salesman. And he said, Nimmer, he calls me Nimmer. He says, Nimmer, I told you, you should never go to Snowville. That place has got nothing but craziness. There's always some crazy animals running around there. You can't go to Snowville. So That's where you get your Pokemon, though. You go there and well, let me tell you something. We already did. We <laughs> went there. So <laughs> been there, done that. But you, didn't you say that Snowville has, um, it's like after you researched it or something, it, it is a place where they crossbreed animals? To, they did back then. They had a like a hospital where they would try to crossbreed like sheep with dogs or, you know, they just would crossbreed different things. And so obviously they were quite successful and one got loose. It reminds me of those stories with um, just being serious and like, kind of creepy in a way. It is like where how you always find like um, Sasquatch near military bases. Yeah. And there's one where, because I do a lot of, we listen to so many podcasts on our side as well. But there's one where it's like they're they're saying that they crossbred and they were too successful and it was a, like the dogmen and stuff mm-hmm. that so I wonder if that's where those things are coming from and where Sasquatch, like, there's maybe something there that's mm-hmm. connected. Like, we've been doing this a long time. 
Yeah, because what I don't know what year do you think this was, or like close by a year? Like what, um, what time so frame was this? you yeah, guys were three, so okay. that would make so like it ninety one or two or something like that. 92. Yeah, ninety one. And then another really strange and unusual thing happened to my dad and I. So we were so this was I was fourteen years old at the time, and my dad had a Chevy Love truck, brand new Chevy Love truck, and it was burnt orange. And it was really cool. Anyway, I'm looking it up because I've never heard of We that. had a very large, gigantic, we had Clifford the Red Dog. I'm not even kidding you. He was 200, at least 200 pounds, probably more, stood higher than six feet on his hinds, and he was a mix between German Shepherd and St. Bernard. And he was just gigantic. So, anyway, we went up behind the Capitol. It was quite far up, and there was a gate there that was open. So, we thought we could go back up in there. There was a gate and a fence. And it looked really fun to go up in there because there was a, a mountain there and it had an alcove that was like a U-shape. went way back in as a U-shape. And then we just thought that would be a fun place to let Winnie out and he could run and there was no houses or people around or anything. But um, in that alcove, we let Winnie off his tether and he jumped out of the truck and then... All of a sudden, I hear what sounded like a huge, gigantic, I mean, literally prehistoric because it was so loud, tropical bird. It was just like a big scream. And Pooinny shot right underneath that truck, this huge dog. And he, like I said, he had actually caught robbers at one point. And and he had really protected most people. He was not scared by any means ever. But he went right underneath that truck. And I looked up and my dad had some binoculars with us. And so he handed me the binoculars and I looked. And up on this, on the one side of the U-shaped alcove on the one side, and it was probably 100 feet from one side to the other, there was a shelf uh, landing up there and I saw what was making the noise and then I saw something else but first I'll tell you who was making the noise it was a lion this one had no mane but it had a very large tail flat like the same kind of skin of a like an aardvark like it's almost like shell looking armored yeah. it was flat and it would it would hit its tail on the on the flat part of the ground but she would just be I could tell she was a girl because she had two cubs with her that looked exactly like her. And she was, Brah! and I, so then I look across the alcove and there's another flat landing on the other side of the alcove. And now I find the dad because there is a lion over there with a huge mane and he's staring at the mama. And then he looks down at us. He noticed you from that far away. Yeah. And then That's he, weird. and then he get he, he lets out a growl. And then his tail is the same kind, but it's more huge than hers. It's gigantic. And he just lets that thing just smack the ground. And all this dust comes up and he is growling. And he's looking at her and then at us. And there's echo at At her and then at us. It was. It was echoing. I said, Dad, you got to see this. And so he looked at it, both of them. And he goes, never get in the car. I got in the car. He was having a hard time getting Pooh Winnie out from underneath the truck. Pooh did not want to come out from the truck. He was scared to death. So dad had to actually, because luckily he was very strong. So he actually had to pull him out and lift him up into the truck, clip him in and shut the tailgate and then get back in the truck. And we got out of there. But I don't know what kind of experiments they were doing up there. Did those things, did they look like, like if you were to compare it to like a, an African lion size, were they about that same mm-hmm. size? Bigger. I think bigger, they were bigger. A little bit bigger? Yeah, they were bigger than a, at least the lines I've seen at the zoo, they were, they would just seem so big to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so much because, because they were far away from me. 
You know that cougars make a uh, what sounds like a screaming woman when they're like in heat and stuff. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Like it sounds like a woman being murdered in the woods. People mm. hear that sometimes. It's actually a it's cougar. a really scary sound. So I wonder yeah. if like these cats can make a sound that sounds like a tropical bird. You know, because of the same thing, same kind of thing. Like yeah. So maybe that's just cat related. But with yeah. the other stuff though, the weird tail thing and the weird. Well, the thing else. is, I think what was happening is she had her babies there, and she noticed us, so she's calling to dad like, she's warning. "You better protect us." Yeah, and wow. he was ready. You could tell. He was oh ready yeah, I was afraid he was going to just jump down off there, even though it would have been like a two hundred foot drop. I know, I don't know what he was capable of. You know what I mean? So we just needed to get in the truck, get out of there. And then what happened after? Because I remember something else happened. After yeah, that. something really scary happened after that. So um, my dad called the Salt Lake City. He called the the capital, and he said, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know. I don't want anybody." getting hurt there. my daughter and i went up you know behind the capitol and you know we went through this gate it was open we thought we'd let the dog out to run and this is what we saw and they put him on hold another guy picked up the phone and they told my dad you don't speak about this you don't tell anyone about this you have to understand that this is extremely important and it's extremely dangerous if you were to mention this to anybody um my my dad never even said what his name was but they knew where he lived and everything back then because they had somebody come and visit him just to, yeah, just no, to remind him. No phones back then, like cell phones, no like um, GPS type stuff. It was just all... the phone book. But I don't think they could have traced a call back then Mm-mm. for the short. Maybe they could have. I don't know because it was going to the Capitol. But anyway, they knew where he lived and everything. And they sent someone over just to remind him that we don't, don't speak about this. this. Well, that was a great story to end it, I think. <laughs> I think there's a lot more stories like that, but people don't want to come forward. Yeah, we never we never mentioned it again. So Dad didn't, anything. I didn't, and not until now. But you know, there's houses built up there now, and whatever yeah. was there back then is all gone. Where did this thing come? These things come from? That's so creepy. And where did they go? And yeah, all right. I think that's gonna do it for us. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you guys so much for listening, following, you know, sharing the show around. That's the best way that we're gonna grow and and improve the show as time goes on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for sure. Thank you very much.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.